This is Jeff Billard from Sonic Echo, and you're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Sonic Echo. Welcome back to Sonic Echo. I'm Lothar Tuppen, and with me are my co-host, Jeff Billard. Hey, Lothar. And Jack Ward. Have I kept you in suspense? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was just passing nice the time with a little one. Roma wine. <laughs> oh, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say something like that, like you know, how to win praise and increase your dining pleasure with Roma wine. Do you, <laughs> you do know? you recommend with this particular show that we have a Roma Burgundy or a nice Sauternes? Oh, no question, because it goes so well with pot roast and baked fish. <laughs> just just keep, make sure to keep the sherry for those uninvited guests that come over later. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 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 oh my lord <laughs> so obviously our episode tonight is a uh, episode of suspense and for people who don't know suspense is one of the longest running shows and it was broadcast on cbs from 1940 to 1962 they were known for having lots and lots of some of the best hollywood actors and uh, there's over 945 episodes created for suspense and i think there's over 900 that are still available in the internet archive and things like that yeah, that's what I read. Yeah. 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 If you haven't heard of suspense, shame on you. I just want to say that. Yes, exactly. It's awesome. Well, awesome. It's just the fact that it ran for 20 years. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And then on television for like another six or seven, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, it had a sister show, uh, Escape, which we'll probably do an Escape episode at some point. Yep. One of mm, Bill's definitely. favorites, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. For sure. So, um, before we talk more specifically about this show and then get into the show, uh, what did you guys think? Uh, just a sort of upfront thing about suspense in general. Anything you want to talk to the audience about? Well, I loved it. I, I thought it was fantastic. And, and, you know, sometimes I like shows with lots of sound effects and lots of cool stuff happening. And sometimes I like them a little more minimalistic. And that's what this one was for me. Um, in a good way, in a positive way. I, I loved it. It was just the two actors and and... Um, you know, minimal sound effects and kind of stock music, it, but it was so well done. It was so well written. It was so well acted. Um, I thought it was wonderful. Yeah, I, I'm a huge suspense nerd fan. So I, 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 I there's actually a great uh, podcast I think everybody should listen to called Stars on Suspense. And so oh. I'm listening to suspense episodes every single week. The guy who there is, he does a lot of research and every week he brings out uh, one of the actors, and they do two or three episodes, so he'll say something like, this person was in three episodes or 15 episodes of Suspense. These are the episodes that we're doing today, no more than two or three. And uh, if they've only been shown up in Suspense for once, he'll often go to another radio show that they were in and bring that in so you get a, a better flavor of what they can do. And uh, it's a great way to learn about the great actors of the time and oh, uh, wow. just to listen to some fantastic, dramatic pieces, uh, thriller pieces of suspense 
that uh, really suspense is one of the backbones of old time radio drama and radio drama. It was one of the, it was like the, the last radio drama to continue going to in the end. Yep. Yeah. It, it's in the, uh, I, I read it's in the national radio hall of fame. Yep. Yeah. I think and it, it got, was like 2002 it got in in two th- or something. Was it? I, well, I, I saw 2011, but yep. I, I was wondering what the hell took so long. Exactly. <laughs> you, exactly. You know, to to get it in there. But you said about the actors, Jack, and I'll have to listen to that podcast. But you know, to, some of the actors that are on there, and and um, like Agnes Moorhead, Norson oh. Wells, and 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 um, and the writing. This Lucille Fletcher, who wrote this tonight, she also wrote The Hitchhiker. Yes, I didn't know that. And, and, and that's sorry. A- ro- and Sorry, Wrong Number. Oh, and Sorry, Wrong Number. And Agnes right. Moorhead, that was like their yep. number one show. They must have done that like seven or eight times. And funny enough, in Stars on Suspense, I just listened to them feature another Agnes Moorhead series of them. And there was some really, uh, some amazing episodes. One was, I forget what it was, and I just finished listening to it. And I thought this would would have been an Agnes, a great show for Agnes to be in, because it really yeah. does fit her kind of style. This one was based on a true story and it was about a a woman who was doing sort of like uh, like being a fake fortune teller and uh-huh. and grifting people and she of course played a great job of that and uh, how dark it gets it was just it was really quite cool so that's awesome well it's funny about Agnes Moorhead because if you're in kind of our age group the way that I first knew Agnes Moorhead was as the mother on Bewitched right of yep, course same here Elizabeth Montgomery was my first crush. (laughs) Oh, I I Dream of Jeannie was mine. Oh, Uh, there you go. (laughs) Barbara Eden, is that what her name was? Yes, Mm -hmm. Barbara Eden, yes, for sure. That was something for 1966, man, or 67. But, but, uh, you know, so it's funny that that's how I I knew her, and she was really funny on that show and great. But um, to then go back and and listen to her as a a serious actor, it's amazing. Yeah, and like we can't we can't deny. Also, I mean, we're we're going into Agnes Moorhead territory when we should be talking about the show. But she was yeah, fantastic well, in the one Twilight Zone episode where there was basically no dialogue whatsoever, too. Right. Called the Invaders, where yep. she played Ooh. a really so for taking somebody who's known for her voice work and doing nothing but physicality and screams and stuff like that, just incredible, just incredible. So wow, I've never seen that. That's cool. Check it out sometime. I will. Yeah, no, the uh, right, let's get back on track. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much we could say about Agnes Moorhead, too, and we really should do like yeah. an Agnes Moorhead episode, like Sorry, right. Wrong Number or something, because that would, yeah. yep. she is absolutely fantastic. And I think that's one of the things about suspense is they had some of the best writers, some of the best actors, uh, some of the best directors, and I think that influenced more than just radio. We have, you know, Twilight Zone episodes based on a couple of suspense episodes. We mm-hmm. have these actors being able to take what they really learned in audio and you know, making it really work in both film and television. And uh, I think this one that we're going to listen to today sort of showcases just the level that all these shows work from what I consider almost like high art. And we'll get into that to just a really rip roaring tale. And mm-hmm. uh, the show that we're going to listen to is Dark Journey, written by Louise Fletcher and directed by mm-hmm. William Spears, starring Nancy Kelly and Kathy Lewis. And it aired on April 25th, 1946. So anything else you guys want to say before we uh, get into our Dark Journey? 
Well, one one quick thing, uh, because we're talking about the connections, you mentioned uh, The Hitchhiker was done mm. from suspense and redone yep. in a Twilight Zone episode and was written and, and a film. by, by yeah. Lu- and a film by Lucille Fletcher. So yep. again, this is yep. these are all these things that keep connecting yep. back and forth. And for people who may not be aware, it was also uh, The Hitchhiker was then turned into the movie The Hitcher with C. Thomas Howell right. and Rutger Hauer, who just passed. So, nice. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But cool. enough of that. Did you know he... He, yeah, go ahead. I have, I have a fun thing on Rutger Hauer later, but I'll add that in later. Go ahead. <laughs> right on. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get on the train and have our dark journey. Let's go. Now, Roma Wines, R-O-M-A, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. Roma Wines present Suspense. Roma Wines bring you Miss Nancy Kelly and Miss Kathy Lewis in Dark Journey, a suspense play produced, edited, and directed for Roma Wines by William Spear. Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills, is presented for your enjoyment by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. Those excellent California wines that can add so much pleasantness to the way you live to your happiness and entertaining guests, to your enjoyment of everyday meals. Yes, right now a glass full would be very pleasant, as Roma Wines bring you Nancy Kelly and Kathy Lewis in the premiere of Lucille Fletcher's radio play for two actresses, Dark Journey. Tonight's study in... Suspense! going on a journey. I am going to see Anne Brody again after 15 years. When the news came yesterday, terrible as it was, it was as though a shadow had lifted from my life, a secret horror that I could never quite forget. I have been afraid of Anne Brody now for 15 years, but there is no need to be afraid of her anymore. secret has been locked in my heart together with all shameful, horrible things. Yet I've never gone on a journey like this one, but what it comes back. There have been times when I couldn't bear the whistle of a train flung out long and mournful over the lonely countryside. I couldn't bear the smell of a day coach, the feel of the plush seats, the rattle and bustle. Only because everything came back. Every detail of that long and terrible weekend we spent together 15 years ago. I don't think anybody saw it, do you? No, uh-uh. Only old Mr. Hodge is the station master, and he's no gossip. I wouldn't want anybody to know. Not that I care, but you know how the tongues wag in this town. Well, it's much better to be perfectly sure of your plans before you pass the word around. Then if you and Clyde don't settle things, well, nobody will be any the wiser. <laughs> if we don't settle things, well, there's no if about it. But Clyde and I are practically engaged. Did you get his letter yet about us coming to New York? Uh-huh. Well, for goodness sake, why didn't you tell me? What'd he say? Oh, nothing much. He's he's no letter writer, just that he was glad and that he's been busy and he's going to call us at the hotel. Oh? He can't meet us at the train? No. 
Uh, it seems it's his mother's birthday, and he promised to take her to lunch in town. We'll be getting in just around that time. He's terribly devoted to her, you know, has been ever since his father died. Oh, I see. You're very much in love with him, aren't you, Anne? Terribly. Yet you really see him so little. How long has it been now? Three months? Three months and six days. But it doesn't really matter. No. I know Clyde loves me and I love him. There's a bond between us. And nothing will ever break it. Well, as long as you feel that way, it's a wonderful way to feel. But I don't think you ought to let it drag on like this much longer, Anne. I really don't. Oh, don't worry. We'll settle it this time once and for all. You'll see. When we get on this train again, I'll be wearing his engagement ring on my finger. me by now. No, he's probably tied up with his mother. Come on, let's go down to the drugstore and have a sandwich. Aren't you just starving? No, no, I, I don't feel hungry. You go, though. I'll wait. Oh, come on. The clerk will take the message for no, you. No, no, I, I want to be here myself. Well, why don't you call him? I can't if he's at a restaurant. Well, maybe he didn't go. Maybe he's home sick or, or at the office. No, no, it, it wouldn't look right. He's got to call me. I... I, I don't know why he doesn't. I don't know why either. In fact, why couldn't we all have had lunch together at that restaurant? I mean, he, he's not exactly poor, is he? Uh, don't you want to take a bus ride or see the sights or anything? Later, Alice. After he's called. Hello? Yes? Oh, yes, this is Miss Ann Brody. What? He, he left a message. Oh... Thank you. What is it? He stopped by and left a message. He has a previous engagement. A previous engagement? When he knew I was coming to New York this weekend only to see him. Well, maybe it was something he couldn't get out of. Maybe on account of his mother's But he birth. already gave her today. And after all he knew I was coming, he knew I'd want to be with him every possible minute. Well, maybe that's the trouble, Anne. Maybe he doesn't want to be pinned down. Maybe you expect too much. But he was right here in the hotel, and he didn't even... Oh, he's grown away from me. He's not mine anymore. Alice. Alice, you know what Clyde has meant to me these three years, how I've lived for him and worshipped him. It's... Oh, it's just as though my, my world has been cut away. It's like... It's like having a lump of ice for a heart. Alice, Clyde is my heart. Oh, I... I've got to see him. I've got to tell him. Oh, Anne. Dear, wouldn't you like to lie no, down? No, no, I can't lie down. I'm going to sit here in, in this chair by the window. I wish you'd go, Alice. I want to be quiet and think and think about him. Now, Anne, I wouldn't. Something's happened to him. There's some barrier. I've got to wish it away to break it down. What are you talking about? I can do it, you know. And please go. Please. Oh, oh my gosh. Don't tell me it's nine o'clock. 
I didn't mean to sleep so late. We better get up and get breakfast. Alice. Alice, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? He hasn't called me. I haven't slept. Why don't you call him, Anne? Call him and have it out with him once and for No, all. no, I, I couldn't. Well, maybe there's something bothering him. Maybe it's some family situation. After all, his mother didn't have lunch with you yesterday. Maybe, maybe there was a reason. What reason could there be except that she didn't want to meet me? She doesn't want him to marry anybody. She wants him all to herself. Well, isn't that enough to upset any fellow? Oh, come on. We'll get to the bottom of this thing. What's his number? I'll get it for you. I, I haven't his number. I never called him at home. But his address is 3254 Sunset Drive, Riverdale, New York. 3254 Sunset Drive, Riverdale, New York. Hello. Uh, hello, operator. This is room 351. We want to put in a call to Riverdale, New York. Uh, 3254 Sunset Drive, Riverdale, New York. Uh, the name is Dexter. Mr. Clyde Dexter. Will you get it for us, please? What did she say? She's looking it up. Uh, there it is. She's ringing. Here, you better take it now. Oh, no. No, just one minute. One minute. Let me get my breath. Let me think of what I'm going to say. Hello? Is this the Dexter residence? This is Miss Ann Brody speaking. I wonder if I might speak to Mr. Clyde Dexter, please. Thank you. Clyde? Oh, Clyde, this is Ann. Oh, I'm, I'm fine, thank you. Oh, Clyde, I've been waiting here at the hotel for you to call, and Alice and I have to spend the morning out, and we thought we'd better let you know we wouldn't be in just in case you wanted... Oh, yes, Clyde, I, I know you said you had a previous engagement, but I thought... Well, you see, Clyde, I'm only going to be here today, and we get to see each other so little, I was wondering... What's that, Clyde? Yes? Yes? When, no, I, I didn't. What did you say, Clyde? I, I didn't understand. You're what? You're... Oh, Clyde. Oh, Clyde, it's not true. It, it can't be. But, Clyde, we... But, Clyde, you can't do this to me. I've, I've considered myself engaged to Anne, you. I... Anne, give me that phone. No, oh, no, I just want to say goodbye to him, please. No. Anne, don't... Don't look that way. What did he say? He, he told me he's engaged to marry a New York girl this September. Oh, Anne. Well, he, he just isn't worthy of you. He couldn't have been if he treats you like this now. I love him. I love him. I love him till the day I die. <laughs> Anne, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm... Oh, please, Alice, please don't talk. Don't come near me or go away, will you, just for a little while? Oh, no, I won't leave you. I can't leave you when, when you look like oh, that. Oh, go away, I said. How do you hear me? Go away. I want to be alone. I want you to go away. I, I have work to do. Work to do? I'm, I'm going to will him to come back to me. I'm going to make him come to this hotel through heaven and hell. And they're dragging him away from me. Oh, Anne. I can do it. I've done it before. I've made him write to me. I've made him call me up out of a clear sky after months and months. I willed him to speak to me the very first time I saw him when he was just a stranger. I willed him to give me his fraternity pin last year at the spring dance. And I can do it. I can do it. If only I try hard enough and... 
and if you're absolutely quiet. Clyde. Clyde. It's no use. He's too far away. I'll have to come closer to him. We're going out. Going out? Where to? To Riverdale. Riverdale? I want to look at his house to see where he lives. There's something there. Someone who's holding him back. Anne, let's go back to Denford. Let's take a train tonight, any train, and get out of here for good. No, I can't go home. I told you that before. I can't until I have his engagement ring on my finger. For suspense, Roma Wines are bringing you Nancy Kelly and Kathy Lewis in Dark Journey by Lucille Fletcher. Roma Wines' presentation tonight in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Between the acts, this is Truman Bradley for Roma Wines with a little domestic drama. It's happened to you before and will happen again. You're relaxed in your easy chair, coat off, contentedly reading your evening paper. Your wife is probably tidying up after dinner. The doorbell rings. Sure enough, it's guests who just dropped in. Now, famed hostess Elsa Maxwell tells us how she handles these surprise visits. She says... I always keep Roma California Sherry on hand to welcome unexpected guests. Serving Roma Sherry is so simple, you just pour and hospitality reigns. And because Roma is America's favorite wine, you know your guests will enjoy it. Yes, there's no easier way to gain a reputation for gracious hospitality than by keeping Roma Sherry ready for guests. And Roma, America's taste favorite... The wine more Americans prefer costs no more than ordinary wines. So make a note to get mellow, golden amber, Roma sherry tomorrow. Once you try the tempting fragrance and intriguing nut-like taste of Roma sherry, you'll always ask for Roma. That's R-O-M-A, Roma wines. Remember, more Americans enjoy Roma than any other wine. And now, Roma Wines bring back to our Hollywood soundstage Kathy Lewis as Alice and Nancy Kelly as Anne in Dark Journey, a play well calculated to keep you in suspense. I don't think we ought to be wandering around here like this. There might be strange men. Here's the street. Sunset Drive. And there's the house. I've seen pictures of it. I'd I'd know it anywhere. Anywhere. Oh, Anne, please. This is doing you no good. Hush. I've dreamed about that house. Dreamed of myself and him living in it together. I've dreamed of our children playing on that lawn and the sound of music inside and our car standing outside. But it wouldn't mean a thing to you, Anne, if Clyde didn't love you. I've dreamed of the years we'd spend together. Well, I I even named the children. Clyde Jr. and Peter and Charlotte. That's his mother's name. I never liked it, but I was going to call one child that just to please him. And now, what have I got? Nothing. Nothing is gone. Come on. Come on with me, Anne. (laughs) 
Oh, there's a light going on upstairs. He's thought it's his room. I wonder if he's home. Clyde. Clyde. Think of me. Come back to me. Oh, love me, Clyde. Love me. Love me. Don't, Anne, don't. Somebody might hear you. Shadow at the window. Oh, it's Clyde. Oh, no. No, it's someone else. It's a woman. A gray-haired woman. Oh, it's his mother, Alice. Clyde's mother. I don't think he's home, Anne. Let's go back to the hotel. No. No, I want to see her. I've heard so much about her. She always turned her nose up at me. He never admitted it, but I knew. He was the only son, and she thought there wasn't anybody good enough, and and he was always under her influence, just believed everything she said. I could tell the way he talked. It was always mother says this and mother says that. I bet it was she who turned him against me who picked out that, that New York girl. Oh, Anne, please, come on. You're just tearing your heart She's out. She's up in his room now. She's straightening his thing. She's happy up there. She doesn't care that she's made me miserable. Oh, I can feel it now, Alice. I can feel the barrier in my heart. Shh, something's coming. Let's go. We're doing no harm. We can stare, can't we, if we wish? Come on. Come on, we'll walk past the house. We'll get fire. We'll go up and ring the bell. And, and then when she comes down to answer it, we'll ask, Is Mrs. Clyde Dexter at home? And then when she asks us who we mean, we'll laugh at her face. Oh, Anne, you're, you're just beside yes, yourself. Yes, I am. I am beside myself because I feel it, Alice. He's lost to me as long as she's up there. Oh, I can stand here, out here under the trees, trying to reach him with every bit of soul I possess, but as long as she's there, as long as she's alive, he'll never be mine again. This is terrible. You've got to pull yourself together and get some rest. You've been sitting in that chair now for three hours. Please, don't talk. Just let me alone. You're... You're working on that willpower thing still, aren't you, Anne? And it, it makes me awfully nervous. Be quiet. It's coming. Something's coming. Something's going to happen. I feel it all around. I'm going to get a doctor if you don't stop. I feel it. I feel something. You're just as white as a sheet. You're shaking all over. I absolutely refuse to let this go on. Do you hear? Now, you, you get into bed. No. Let me take off no, your shoes. No, no, no. Leave me alone. It's as though there were a big lump being moved off my heart. As though the ice inside me were going. As though I, I could cry at last. Oh, it's happened. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you. All right. I'll lie down now. I'll go to sleep. If you could sleep, you'd feel better. If you just relax. I've done it, Alice. You'll see. He'll be here in the morning. You lie down now. There he is. Didn't I tell you? There's Clyde now. Hello? Yes. Yes, this is room 351. Yes, this is Ann Brody speaking. Yes. It's Riverdale calling. Riverdale. Clyde? She didn't say. Oh. Hello? 
Yes. Yes, I'm Ann Brody. Why, yes, I'm a friend of Mr. Clyde Dexter. Who did you say this is, please? The, the police. The police? Oh, something hasn't happened to Mr. Dexter, has it? Oh. What? Yes. Yes, my friend and I were out to the house late this afternoon, around six o'clock. Well, yes, I I did wear a white hat and a green dress, and, and she... W- oh, but we took the subway, the White Plains Express, on the Interboro Line from our hotel. We came back around seven. We Well, we just walked past the house two or three times, but... Well, what's the matter? Why are you asking me these questions? No, I haven't seen them. I... What? Give me the phone and let me speak to them. You're in no condition Keep to away. Talk. You know what they're saying, do you? That Clyde's mother has been murdered. What? Oh, no. No, I haven't. Yes? No. No, we didn't. We just came right home. We didn't even ring the bell. Is Mr. Destica there with you? I see. Well, I'd like to speak to him, please, when he gets through. Will you ask him to call me? Yes. We'll stay here in the room. Oh, Anne. It was a hammer. At eight o'clock tonight. He was struck from behind by an unknown assailant. Oh, how awful. Well, why did the police call us? What have we got to do with it? Clyde was home when we walked by the house. He saw us standing there. I'm going to tell him, Alice. I'm going to tell him the truth. Truth? What truth? There's always been that power inside me. I've known I had it, and sometimes it frightened me. Things have happened. I've been afraid sometimes to use it, afraid it would turn against me. And tonight it did turn against me. And what do you mean? By an unknown assailant. Murdered by an unknown assailant. You know who that assailant was? It was me. Anne, are you crazy? You you were up here in, in the room every minute. I was up here in the room, but I was wishing she were dead. I was willing him to come to me. I was trying to destroy the barrier. Surely you can't believe that, Anne. It was, it was only a coincidence, a terrible coincidence. I was trying to bring him back, to touch his heart, but the power didn't touch his heart. His heart's like steel against me. It struck his heart and glanced off and struck her dead. Anne, please, you're talking like a oh, little... But you don't understand... People like you can understand. People like you... But there's violence to will. To store it up takes years. To send it out of yourself is like... like sending a powerful hand with fingers. Will can't kill somebody, Anne. Not pure will. The body is one thing, the mind's another. Mrs. Dexter is physically dead. Her heart stopped beating... There was a blow. Somebody real, somebody human did that. She was struck from behind. She was alone in the house. They said the doors were locked. She had no enemies. It came out of nothing, and it went away again. Oh, I, I never dreamed. I didn't want it to happen that way, but... But it's getting beyond me. It's assuming forms and accomplishing ends I don't plan. It's, it's turning against me, Alice. Turning against me. Do you think a police court will believe you? You'll only confuse the testimony. You'll only hurt Clyde. Will. Will. You talk about the power of your will. Did you have any real power these last two days? Did it bring Clyde to this hotel? Did it make him love you or even call you up? Yes. 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 Don't you 
won't you touch him? I won't let you speak to him. Get away from that phone, Alice. Do you want to get us in trouble? Do you want us to go to jail and spend weeks in court? He'd put you there. He wouldn't care. Get away from that phone, Alice. I don't believe you, do you hear? I think you're mad. You're mad as a hatter. Get away from that phone. No! Anne, you'll ruin your life. You'll fall into suspicion, and people will always think you had something really to do with it. You'll, you'll end up in an asylum. The whole world will know he jilted you. What, what are you going to say to him? He must be half beside himself as it is. He'll, he'll never believe you. What? All right. Thank you, Alice. You see? It is there, isn't it? I made you do what I wanted. <laughs> and I can make anyone. Hello? Hello, Clyde. Oh, Clyde, darling, I just heard the terrible news. How terrible for you. I'm so sorry. Yes, Alice and I were out there this afternoon. We came by to say hello, but we got cold feet and came home. Oh, no, Clyde, no, we did not a soul. Oh, yes, my darling, I I understand how terribly broken up and, and my heart goes out to you. Oh, I will, Clyde, dearest, I will. I'll be right over. I'll help you in any way I know. Goodbye, Clyde. Anne. You didn't tell him. You're not going to tell him at all. No. Why should I? He's mine now. And so Anne Brody walked out of my life. Walked from me wrapped in her new and terrible strangeness. Somehow I didn't want to play any part in her life again. I didn't go to her wedding when she and Clyde were married one year later. To me, there would have been something evil in hearing her voice repeat the sacred words. I am. Take thee, Clyde. There has been for me a nameless horror in the slow, steady way Anne Brody fulfilled her plans. The house in Riverdale, the car, the three children, Peter, Clyde Jr., and Charlotte. Her happiness. Her triumphant motherhood has somehow been hideous to me. I've never heard a train whistle crying through the dawn but what I've thought of her and shuddered. I have been afraid of Anne Brody now for 15 years. Today, I know I've been a fool. Today I know that it was a real murderer who murdered Mrs. Dexter with a hammer from the service porch. Today I'm going on a journey to Riverdale. I am going to see Anne Brody again, lying willless and struck down in her coffin. Lying innocent and pathetic. Lying murdered. Not will, nor nameless monsters of a mind could save her from the truth at last. Yesterday afternoon, the weak, long-brooding creature who could not brook domination from mother or wife flung pent-up death against the mistress of his will. Yesterday afternoon, 
Clyde Dexter struck again. Suspense. Presented by Roma Wines, R-O-M-A. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is Truman Bradley for Roma Wines with a tip on how to win praise and increase dining pleasure. Today, millions of clever homemakers are enjoying dinner table compliments by giving everyday dishes tempting new meal appeal. Here's the secret. A glass of red Roma California Burgundy at each place. Try it yourself. Serve robust Roma Burgundy with tomorrow night's piping hot savory pot roast, tender juicy steak, or baked fish. Roma Burgundy brings out tasty new flavorfulness from every morsel, wins grateful compliments for your cooking, and notice how the warm glowing redness of Roma Burgundy adds richness and beauty to your table. Yet, the gracious custom of serving Roma... America's favorite wine is as inexpensive as it is delightful. Enjoy exciting new dining pleasure tomorrow with delicious Roma Burgundy. Insist on Roma, R-O-M-A, Roma Wines, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is Nancy Kelly. I'm sure you want to hear next Thursday's suspense when Joseph Cotton will star as a famous New York criminal lawyer in one of the best-known suspense stories of our time, Ben Hecht's Crime Without Passion. Thank you. Nancy Kelly will soon be seen in the Paramount picture, Follow That Woman. Next Thursday, same time, Roma Wines will bring you Joseph Cotton as star of Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills. Produced by William Spear. For the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California. Next week, part of the country goes on daylight saving time. If your area remains on standard time, tune in suspense one hour earlier. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And we're back. So, what did you guys think? You go, you go ahead first, Jeff. I gotta catch right. my breath. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, it, uh, you know what? I when I hear these kinds of shows, these kind of things, where, um, and I don't know what's going to happen in the end. One of the things I I read about suspense is they only do the reveal in the very last moment. Um. Of the show, and so the reveal when we find out that it's you know it was Clyde, um, I I didn't know that I didn't know what was going on, so I I really enjoyed that part of it, um, moving up, but I I loved it and I loved kind of the the uh, just the delusional character you know that Anne was and, mm-hmm. and all of that I just I you know just you know I'm gonna will this to happen and and all the dysfunction and uh, you know. Just, uh, it, it was just, I loved it. That was fantastic. And the fact Good that job. they made it so kind of 
well, is this really happening or isn't it yeah. at times? Yep. You know what I mean? They didn't make it so clear cut because this is a weird right. show, right? These things can come out in various different ways in radio dramas. So people could very well go, well, maybe she does have this power, right? But then yeah. she just becomes more and more crazed and you're like, oh, this woman is really off her rocker. Which is great. I One of the things I love, love, love about great writers like Lucille Fletcher, who's one of my absolute favorite writers of all time for radio drama, is, is her ability and good writers can do these small stories of real powerful drama where you can take a, a small amount of characters. So... One of my big complaints often with modern audio drama is these people who do tell these like great stories, but with like 35 actors or 35 different characters in each episode. And I can't keep track of everything that's going on. And honestly, the plot gets slowed down a whole lot. My, my big joy is telling a small story well in that way mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yep. So, but that's just my, my thing. Maybe, maybe others have different opinions. No, I, that was, that was what first drew me to, uh, there's so much that drew me to this, uh, episode. The first thing was, oh, I'd love to hear something with just two actors working off each other, weaving an entire world and story and see how that was done in audio, especially where, you know, on the stage, you've got body language, you've got set design, you've got all this other stuff. We're just going to have the audio and the soundscape. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was then next impressed with just how perfect the production was. And I'll talk about some things that I picked out, even though it was minimalist, I think it was actually incredibly rich and very poignant. And um, the timeliness of the whole American, I'm going to will this, we're, we're getting into like new thought stuff from like Wallace Waddles, Neville Goddard, Napoleon Hill, Rolf Waldo Emerson, that's a specifically American level of strange spiritualism that was very much in the, in the press at the time. So it was timely in that way. People believed in it and they mm -hmm. didn't believe in it. And we're having that sort of conflict going on. And then just how, like Jack said, it, there's ambiguity, all that. And yeah, they always have their final reveal, but when we talk more about the artistic aspects, I think it's really great because it does allow for multiple readings and it's not just a done in one, Hey, here's a polemic about something. So there was all that that was there that I'd love to get into. Um, do you guys have a preference as to what I start rambling about first? <laughs> <laughs> well, Whatever's let's talk in about, your heart. Yeah. I was going to say, let's, let's talk about the characters first. Yeah. The fact that yeah. there's really almost only three characters ever mentioned. And one of them you never hear. <laughs> yes, so. uh, a fourth with maybe the mother, if you want to. You know, the mother, yes, her. yeah, of course, the mother for sure. Yeah. yeah. So we have Anne Brody and we have Alice, which is yep, fascinating right. too, because the first thing I would think is, why do you have two characters with the same first initial? I unless, was wondering the same thing. Are they the uh, same person? Yeah. yeah, unless they are definitively, you know, two parts of, of one right. sort of internal monologue consciousness, which happens mm, in one of my audio dramas, right. Night Driving, one of my favorite ones, where, you know, uh, two characters are talking about murdering somebody and leaving the scene. And then, of course, the big reveal is there's really only one person there and mm -hmm. they're, they're having a conversation with someone. So I wondered if well, that was what was going on, too, on a very... Meta I level. noticed a very weird pattern, and I'm not saying this was intentional. I just think it's kind of a strange thing. We've got Alice, A, Anne, Brody, AB, Clyde Dexter, CD, ABCD. <laughs> wow. Nice. No idea wow. what's going on with that, but I'm just looking at the pattern going, that's bizarre. Okay, whatever. <laughs> very cool. Love it. I, did, I forgot Clive's last name was Dexter. Well Dexter, done. Dexter, yeah. 
Very cool. But yeah, they were both played by, uh, you know, Nancy Kelly was, uh, was awesome as Ann Brody. She did such an amazing job and she's been in everything from Jesse James to Stanley and Livingston. And what I first saw her in is the bad seed, that, that old horror film. Right. Um, right. and you know, mm-hmm. Alice was played by Kathy Lewis who, uh, audio drama people or radio drama people would know as playing, uh, Jane, uh, Jane Stacy in, uh, my friend Irma. Including oh. in her TV series too. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. That. I didn't know yeah, that. She was in the TV series of my friend mm-hmm. Irma too. It's amazing. Cause I, I started looking up their names in IMDb and that's when I started realizing how many shows that were in radio drama ended up showing up as well as in television series. I mean, they actually had mm-hmm. Lux Video Theater, which was fascinating <laughs> because Lux Radio Theater was sort of like a shorthand to tell people what movies to go see. So you listen to Lux right. Radio Theater and listen to uh, Wizard of Oz with Judy Garland and a couple of other actors doing like a 30-minute rendition, and then you go see the movie. So well, <laughs> Lux Video Theater was kind of like doing the same thing. You'd think that they wouldn't have the same ability like why not just do a show <laughs> so and that was right so anyway that's very cool stuff um and yeah and and the actress i mean the what was the first one's name is uh nancy kelly nancy kelly nancy right. Ke- she was actually in the suspense television series as well too and playhouse oh, cool. 90 of course and all that kind yeah. of stuff but yeah she had a long history of interesting stuff that she did yeah, she was just a top-notch actress, and I thought it was great because at the beginning you almost get a feel like, okay, maybe Alice is, maybe she's, maybe she's having an affair with Clyde or something. It was just something weird about. Are you sure that you're really gonna get together with him? And I love the line you know, after she says, "Oh, we're definitely gonna get inv- engaged." I know he loves me, even though we haven't seen each other for three months and six days. And she goes, yeah. "Well, as long as you feel that way, it's a wonderful way to feel." I thought that was a great line. Yeah, right. <laughs> But Nancy did such a good job of delivering the lines on the phone with Clyde and the officials mm-hmm. and all the various people she talked to, to where, you know, that dialogue with a lesser actress would have been like, yeah, here's the obvious exposition for us to realize that she's, t- so we can understand the conversation with only hearing one half of it. But I thought she did a great job of actually pulling it off and making it seem very natural. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. It, 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 that's not an easy thing to do. No, no, it's not uh, for an actor, and uh, and she did it really, really well. Yep, um, definitely. So, what did you guys think about the uh, uh, the production, specifically the sound effects? Did you notice any patterns within there? I did not notice any patterns. No. Yeah, you got me there, buddy. I was so <laughs> entranced with the actual actors' performances in this story mm-hmm. that I wasn't listening as closely as I normally do for the production. Okay, this is this is what I think is fascinating about it, and this ties in a little bit with, I think, Fletcher's ability to use symbols, and I'm using symbols in its semiotic sense of something that is, it's a dynamic of a, of a bigger process, it points to something greater than itself. So, the difference between a sign and a symbol is a sign is just blatantly representing something. A stop sign means you got to stop, mm-hmm. it's that kind of thing, mm-hmm, right. where a symbol mm-hmm. is like... Um, a dragon, or, you know, it can mean all sorts of things to different people. And depending on the context and the more you look at it, the more it can expand, the more the different cultures and people work with it, the more it evolves over time. And we've got sort of three different types of related audio symbols going on here. We've got the train whistle, Mm -hmm. which that initial screech is almost more of a, Hey, there might be a collision coming. It's, it has a feeling of danger. It's not the happy woo woo. We're going on a fun ride. It's a, okay. this is going to be a little harrowing. It almost has a, has almost like the screech of like a, a bird of prey coming down sort of feel to it. And that, and that's, in, that that's starts the same the as sorry, wrong number, right? She yep. utilizes that in sorry, yep. wrong number in the climax of that as well. 
And, and again, I'm not sure if this is from her writing, which it very much could be, or if this is Spears direction, I don't really know. Um, but the other thing that was interesting is in Alice's initial voiceover, when she's telling the background of this, there's a very slight woodwinds, just like Mm. a little ambient background music being played, but the woodwinds are in a very complimentary pitch to the train whistle and sort of merges into the train whistle. Cool. So mm-hmm. that's really cool and neat. But the ones that then sort of take that whole sort of like, here's an audio clarion that's going to signify something, then we get the bells. Every time that she is using her powers, that we don't know whether it's real or not at this point at least, there's bells like church bells or chimes going on in the background. And it's diegetic sound. It's in the bed. So it's the real world. It's not just a affect, but it, it sort of blurs the two together because it is very stylized. So the bells are always there. And as soon as she gets out of it and does something, the bells stop. So that happens at least three Mm. times in the show. Then we've got the telephone. The telephone is almost the the response to the call of the bell. So she's sending off her powers, quote unquote, and then she gets a response back from, you know, the world that she's living in through the telephone. So the telephone rings, it's very strident. And then she picks up and then she gets whatever the next stage of whatever this process is that they're all in. So I thought that was absolutely perfect. There's a few other little menacing sounds that I'd have to go in there. Um, uh, Like uh, there was something about when she gets the call about Clyde having a previous engagement. There's a few little like weird sounds in the background that sound a little menacing at various points. Mm So that minimalist was done just at like these perfect points to really emphasize what was going on and add to the whole style of the, of the story itself. And I thought that was just brilliant. So cool. And the question is, the question is for me is like, how much of that is like you said, in the, in the writing, how much of it is William Spear, who's the director and very famous director for suspense. They, they they were quite sad that they lost him out of uh, radio because he worked very definitively for things like suspense, Duffy's Tavern and the adventures of Sam Spade, really well known for those, those ones specifically. Yeah. um, And and when he got great to see the original script. Yeah. And my other one was, Wilbur Hatch, who's who's the really well-known composer for this. I don't know if you looked mm. up some of his other songs no, that he did. No. So here's some of the shows that he did. I just picked the ones that I knew very well. General Electric Theater, Frontier Gentleman, Screen Guild Theater, The Whistler, My Favorite Husband, Broadway is My Beat, and Our Miss Brooks. Oh, wow. So he, did, he was a composer for all of those. Yeah. So that, it was, that alone, uh, incredible. Yeah incredible yep. collection so yeah and uh yeah the so all that made me you know think about it. and then what i really loved about the show also is while it does have a clearly obvious preferred reading of clyde was the murderer Anne was crazy this was all just in everybody's head fletcher is such a good writer that she was able to do what i think you know what i consider really good art does and I'm, I'm, you know, using an aesthetic theory to where if it's something that is timeless, if it's something that allows you to think about things in different ways and doesn't tell you what to think and maybe allows for deeper reflection or does things that maybe even the author didn't intend because of the way that different things come together, that that is more art than artifice to um, reference. There's a great person named J.F. Martell who wrote a book called uh, Reclaiming Art in the Age of Artifice that is a very thoughtful and interesting almost manifesto of the difference between art and disposable pablum or um, polemical propaganda or anything that's like marketing. So he tries to make some distinctions of what all that is. 
And one of the things that's in there is the use of symbols or the use of different aspects to make it viewable from different points of view. And so while hmm. I do re recognize that the obvious preferred reading and the way that the author and the, and the production meant us to think is that Clyde's the murderer and Anne was crazy. None of this stuff is real. Well then why are there so many weird coincidences all throughout the whole show? She actually does get her way. She realizes something has changed, goes, I feel a huge weight off my chest. And within a minute, she gets a call that, that her target is dead. She wants him right. to come back. All of a sudden, he doesn't, he doesn't you know, call his new girlfriend um, or right. fiance. He goes back to her. She gets exactly mm -hmm. the house that she wants. She gets exactly the amount of kids. And they're even named exactly what she thought in her fantasy. All of her fantasy plays out, mm -hmm. you know, and it actually does come true. So I think there is a way to look at it as, yes, obviously, she was crazy and it was all just stupid and he's a murderer. Um, but possibly, maybe... Maybe she caused him to kill his mother and yep. he's suppressing it and not doing it. And then maybe years later she gets in an argument and goes, oh, well, I'm the one who's charged anyway. Do you know what I can do? And blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, holy <laughs> it was you. I'm going to kill you now. Uh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and this is, this is, this is going to bring up our spiritual mentor, Jeff. This is what we love about yes. Shakespeare, right? In Shakespeare, there's right. so many different readings of the same text that yep. you can look at it in, in these two different directions, and it gives so much more meat to have in conversations generation upon generation. You know, uh, certain generations will sit there and say, well, no, there, there's some real strength to the spiritual aspect of what she's doing from a spiritual perspective. And then you'll have other generations which are far more materialistic and like this, this woman's nuts. There's nothing yep. to any of this stuff. And, and then within those generations, you'll have insiders and outsiders having the same arguments. So it's, it's really quite cool that she does this. And I love too the fact that she has, and this is well known in like in, in Louise Fletcher's stuff is that her main characters are always women. And her main yes. characters are always sort of drawing in um, real strong aspects of who's in charge, uh, how is this happening, what kind of manipulation happens. Like, at, she gets off the phone with him, with Clive, and she's like, yes, dear Clive, yes, I love you, Clive, and I, I'll right. do whatever I can, Clive, I'll be there, of course. And then she gets off the phone, and, she's, and she, her whole personality changes, oh, yeah. because she's like, no, yeah. no, he's under my thumb, you don't seem to understand, mm -hmm. right? So, brilliantly acted, brilliantly put together, yep. I'm sure Louise Fletcher would have loved just hearing this performance. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, the other thing, which I think was interesting is, you know, if this was written by a man, it, the subtext of look at what overbearing woman can, women can do to men right. would be far more in the forefront and seeming misogynistic since it was written by her and she is so good. That yeah. was an aspect of the subtext. So I'm, I'd be curious to know what was that born from? Was that someone she knew who's like, that is just a crazy woman. You know, what is she doing with her life? And I'm going to write a story about it. Is it about an individual? Is it just about a concept? I'd be very curious to like, you know, sit her down, have a cup of tea and uh, go back in time and do that. And, uh, you know, be able to actually like chat about the show. Do you know who she, who she married to? Uh, she was married to two people. I can't remember, but, uh, both of them worked as, as writers. One left her for, I think her cousin. Oh, no. And then she yeah, married the, someone the else. The first one, the first one left her for her cousin, but he wasn't a writer. He was oh, okay. a very famous composer. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Bernard okay. Herman. Oh yeah. yeah. I see it. She actually was married to Bernard Herman. So it's, it's unfortunate. Like, I mean, like it, it, it's unfortunate he's even gone because he, if having a conversation with him, you could certainly get into the headspace. I'm sure. Cause yes. once you get to people who are artists who are, who are married together, 
get that opportunity to bounce stuff off of each other that, you know, just, you know, one who isn't, one who isn't, doesn't have the same opportunity in the same way. So, uh, yeah, very awesome, awesome story for those reasons. Love yeah. it. And, yeah. And getting to your, back to your, to your point, Lothar, about the art thing, and I, um, you give me a lot to think about with what you said, and I agree with you that this is, this is, this is elevated work here that we're yes. talking about. Um, as opposed to what we get so much of now, uh, whether it's uh, film or Broadway or, or what it, TV, uh, where the economic stakes are so high for for these people who are producing these things that what you're getting is a, just a lot of formulaic type of uh, type of things. What you call pablum in, in your comments. And and it's it's like you know show television shows like for example the A Team for example which was a fun show to watch, but for me uh, every show was followed the exact same paradigm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. at the exact same moment it felt like in the show it was just it was it was filling in the blanks mm-hmm. you know and, and it, right I mean you know and, yep. and by page fourteen and, we must have right yes, exactly, exactly. And, <laughs> and and it's yeah. when you when you read like the when I used to teach film and you'd read like the the screenwriting books you know how to screenwrite you know and it, it would say things like that by page mm-hmm. forty two you need yep. to have done this and by yep. and and so so much stuff is is formulaic uh, even on Broadway now you, you get so much stuff that's formulaic or so many. You know, I mean, they just brought back cats, for God's sakes. Right. Yeah, I know. You, you, you know, I mean, you know, it's like, please, can't we do better than that? Well, and, at least and, keep in mind, though, you Jeff. Know, it, and, but it, now... I was just going to say, at least keep in mind that Disney isn't trying to redo its old animation shows in, you know, in various different ways. Oh, that, that would be crazy. <laughs> no, they'll never do that. <laughs> no, not at all, Jack. No, that, that's not even happening. It's... It's, and and people but, but, won't be confused. People will never be so stupid as to be confused that a CGI show is actually live action. That those are real right. lions in a real Lion King remake, which of course we'll never do because that would just be crazy. <laughs> yeah, lion. thank you for saying that because that's, you know, it's a live action. Yeah, okay, there's a lot of live action happening there. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but you, you're talking about, and, and what you said, Lothar, about, about art, I mean, you think about some of the great movies, great films that we talk about, like Citizen Kane, for example, uh, which I think is an amazing film. Mm-hmm. But during its day, right, what, 1951 was it, or 49 or something? Mm-hmm. Dur- during its day, people just looked at it and were like, what the hell is this? <laughs> you know, because he's doing going back in time, forward in time, sideways in time, yep. you know, and, and doing all this stuff, and, and he's not telling it in a linear way. Uh, but now you look at, you know, lists of greatest movies of all time, AFI, it's always like one or two, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, with Casablanca, you know, they, they, seem to, they seem to switch places over the years. But, you know, I think there's, there's stuff that, that lasts, like you said, stuff that lasts, stuff that, that like Shakespeare, Jack, right, what you said, I mean, you know, why is Shakespeare done every single day in every single country in the world every, you know, all the time? Mm-hmm. It's because it's it's a it's a work of of quality and, and thought that you know that talks about human condition. We've talked about that on every single show, but but the thing is, that I think it's important to make that distinction. And I'm going to be honest with you, I really 
until you said it, I really had not thought of this show in that way, but now I'm thinking of it that way. Uh, and, you know, I don't want people to, to misunderstand because it can very easily uh, be misunderstood as the argument that only this highfalutin stuff is good and everything else is crap and not worth our time. And it's oh, like, I, I certainly don't, yeah. don't agree with that. I guess the distinction I'm making is it has nothing to do with genre. It has nothing to do with whether something is, um, you know, a serious art form that, that you know, drains you because you had to really wrestle with it and it's hard issues or escapism, quote unquote. I, I don't think that that falls into it either. I even don't like the term escapism. I prefer um, rejuvenating to where sometimes you need to be fed and have you filled back up before you put energy out again in something serious like Dostoevsky or something like mm -hmm. that. Sure. And oh, yeah. so that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about stuff that is to get a little, you know, anthropological going up almost into like the imaginal realm. It's going into something that's almost like where myths live when no one's listening to them or, you know, you know, it, it's something that can come back down again at any time and still have some sort of resonance and also not be forgettable. So, you know, when it's talking about that stuff, that's pablum, a lot of that's just disposable. And we see that with so many shows that could be more artistic, but it's just like, yep, here's that same show. And it's almost comforting. I know exactly what's going to happen. It's episodic, yep. whatever. And you could forget about it. It could be, you know, interchangeable with some other similar, you know, show, whether it be a cop show or a drama or a science fiction show or whatever. And also I just, I love, and what I really think is, is for me, the defining aspect of what art versus a opposite of that, whatever words people want to pick is propaganda. Um, even if it's propaganda, I agree with, I don't like it as art. I'd rather someone write a nonfiction treatise on the subject to let me read as opposed to, wow, I just went through that and you hit me over the head with your message. And there's really only one way to think or else you're a bad person. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. don't like that. I would rather have art that makes me think about the issue, make me expand right. what my current thoughts are. I've got a, I've got an opinion. Even if I've got that same opinion after engaging with that art piece, I would rather my expand, my ideas of why I agree with that stance expanded, not just re-solidified in a calcified state. And maybe even let, made me think, oh, I understand there is a different viewpoint. And even if I don't adopt it, I'll understand that viewpoint a little bit better now. I think that's what art should do. But that's, I do that's my, that's my stance on it. And it's not a universal and it's art. So everybody has their own definitions and takes, but that's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah. And I agree. And I, I mean, I, I think that, that art, uh, you know, should make you think, should make you consider things, uh, you know, when it's done, should give you room to kind of say, Hmm, what was going on there? But then again, I, I don't want people to think I'm some kind of highbrow snob because I mean, you know, I watch Hallmark Christmas movies, you know, and, and uh, I mean, there, there, I said it, I admitted it. Okay. Um, but, and they're all the same. There's only like three plots, right? You know, and they're, they're all Sonic made up Echo, in Canada, not Jack, just old time so radio, but therapy. <laughs> that's it. You know, so yeah. it's like, I, so I, I'm not that way, but it, I agree with you on, you know, so much of stuff is just, um, Oh, to use your word, I think what you said was disposable or, or temporary or, or, you know, yeah, like and that. I think part of it also when, when there's temporal issues, when people are talking just about what's going on today, because it's very important to everybody right now, that's great. And that can feed into informing art. Like I think uh, the use of what we would now call new thought in this particular episode was temporal. And that was, you know, what was kind of, you know, at the time in America, that would have been one of the things that people were aware of and probably less so now than it was then. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's still something that that's a way into it, not all of it. 
You know, it's not like it's something where it's like, yeah, that whole show was just about the 2008 housing crisis and a hundred years from now, people aren't even going to get what they're talking about. Yeah, right. exactly. For sure. But I think in some cases, like, like even a, a television show, for example, something like Barney Miller, for example, mm-hmm. uh, if you remember that show, you know, I loved I, Barney I Miller. Watched, you know, Me too. I, I loved it. And you know, what's funny is I, I've watched some of them, you know, within the past year and some of the stuff that they were dealing with, it all still holds up. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, and and I mean, they're you know treating there's you know gay characters on there who they're treating with respect, right? You know, and, and things like that. And I mean, that was the seventies or early eighties, whenever that was on. Seventies. I mean, the, yeah. yeah, you know that that holds up, mm-hmm. and um, because it's, it was so quality and um, the racism stuff that they talk about, so. I think there's a lot of that, you know, there's, yep. there's less of it now, I think, than there was, you know, things like All in the Family or things like that, you know, that were making some kind of social commentary so of the back, time that still holds up. Back to the to the show, uh, the radio Uh-oh. show, because we, we get very far from it, and, I, and I, I appreciate the conversation, but one thing that sort of struck me was, what is the symbolic aspect of the fact that um, uh, um, Alice was basically rendered incapable of talking. It was shot, right? Um, what, 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 what is that? What's that about? That we have this, this length of time before she goes back and does this thing. Why do you think the they used that? The 15 years? The 15 years and, oh, and, yeah. and the inability to be able to talk about this such, such and... Do, do you have a thought about that? Because that was an interesting twist for me, so... Well, I thought it was really just kind of underlining the... The fact that people, I think, you know, going back to the preferred reading of, oh, it was just this crazy woman. It mm-hmm. kind of was sort of, I think, a, a symbol of like, don't buy into this stuff too much. Um, you know, there was really a simple answer. You didn't need to be so terrified of this woman. But on another level, I think she was also just terrified of, here's someone I thought was one of my best friends or maybe my best mm. friend. We don't really know how, how close they are. But it's like, she's completely crazy. Whether she actually has these powers or not, she's unhinged. She's really bad. And I'm scared because if she knows that I'm mad about her, maybe she'll target me with her powers too. Right. Sure. And, yeah. And and the, the, it was devastating, the effects. It wasn't just limited to you know one one person or something like that this is this is something we all have to be concerned about and yeah. aware of in life yeah. well, sure, there's trauma there's trauma there yeah. trauma is a great word for that yes yeah for sure um yeah no just such a powerful story and like you mm-hmm. said in and told in such a simple and yet compelling way there's like no sp- it, it's constantly building it's raising the stakes it's constantly compelling, and it's two characters, effectively. Yes. Right. Yep. And it's so economically written, and I say that as a compliment. Mm-hmm. There, there's nothing wasted in there. Um, yeah. And, and it's right to the point, and it, you're right, it moves and it raises the stakes, and, you know, it's just, it's very, very interesting, and, and I, I just, I enjoyed the whole thing when I listened to it a number of times. Um, and I'm going to have to listen to it again based on what we've talked about. Um, <laughs> but I think it's amazing. Yeah. I'd also like to listen to, I'd like to collect as many, cause I don't know if, if she's written more than this, you know, I'm, we're just going off some of that initial research, but I'd like to be able to listen to everything that Lucille Fletcher has written and see if there's the possibility that in some weird way and not being too literal about this, but does it all sort of take place in the same world? Because 
The hitchhiker is really oh. weird. This is really weird. Mm-hmm. Sorry, wrong number is really weird. It's almost like, and by the same world, I mean almost kind of like a, uh, the world of Cornell Woolrich. They're not connected. It's not like someone could do a cinematic universe connecting all this together without jumping through some hoops, but you still feel like you're walking into the same world no matter which story you're picking up. Sure. You know, and that kind of feels like Lucille Fletcher's world is coherent. It's not like she's writing a bunch of different worlds in these, at least the ones that I'm aware of. It almost feels like these could be happening in the same city. The same New York could all be happening, you know, these things or whatever. Right. So, for those people who are interested, I have a list of her radio play. So awesome. <laughs> you can yeah, find them on the awesome. Wikipedia and I'll give the whole list, but some of them we already knew about, but Fugue and C minor reminded me. I've seen that when I listened to that one before. Oh, uh, the that thing sounds in familiar. the window. The thing in the window. Of course, the hitchhiker and sorry, wrong number. We don't need to talk about the man with the one track mind. Carmilla, I've heard of in Columbia Workshop. Gremlins, which I haven't heard, but that was from oh. a show called Ceiling Unlimited. Someone hmm. else, another Columbia Workshop. We'll have to do more, another uh, Columbia Workshop show. Now, that was, was Carmilla, was that, was that her doing an adaptation of the Le Fanu story? I believe so. I can just check in a minute. Um, yes. Uh, okay. No, sorry. Um, sorry, no, this is one from the, the Irish author. Yeah, Sheridan Le Fanu. Sherid- yeah, Le Fanu. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, she, which is the vampire story, right? So, yeah, it's the sort of first lesbian lamp, vamp, vesb, lesbian vampire, lesbian vampire, lesbian vampire. Oh, really? <laughs> lesbian vampire sounds really good. It sounds like an electrifying relationship. <laughs> exactly. Vampire. <laughs> anyway, that was bad. Okay, I got it. The no, ending is shocking. So good. anyway, moving yeah. on, moving on. Okay. <laughs> so yes, those are the things. Um, like you said, dark journey from suspense, a thing in the window. There's a bunch of interesting things that. They all sound very similar. There's another suspense show called Nightman, which was uh, I, I remember listening to as well. So by all means, uh, there's some really cool. I wouldn't mind actually if they had a collection of her uh, scripts to just oh, be able would to be go awesome. through and go through yeah. them myself. So yeah, very cool stuff. And and really, uh, one of the few like uh, not only is she revered as one of the best uh, radio play writers. But one of the few women radio play writers at the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. So very cool stuff. Cool beans. Well, uh, yeah, could go on for a lot of different things, but that'd lead us down many, many rabbit holes and many, many sidebars. Uh, is there anything else uh, either of you two want to say? Uh, Jeff, you said you had something about Rutger Hauer you wanted to mention. Oh, yeah. Um, where he just passed away just yep. recently that uh, in 2019. That's yeah. the uh, same year that Blade Runner was set. Oh, that's right. So it's the same year that it's yeah. It's the same year that Roy Batty died. Yeah, two thousand nineteen. Wow. Holy that, crap! You're absolutely yeah. right. Oh yeah. my god! I didn't even something? think of that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So it was. Uh, yeah, somebody told me that, and I was I had the same reaction. Wow, that's you know. so cool. Yeah, I mean, think about that for a while. So um, I I wanted wow, to mention but. this is a, this is really really banal but i want to mention that there's that that not just roma wines there's a bunch of other things but the ones that always got to me were hep and harlow did you ever hear those two guys in a bunch of suspense commercials so these two guys and they're just sort of like your regular sort of rural guys talking about um oh some sort of car uh manufacturers of some sort ah i forget what they were well while you're looking it up jack i had a thought about the commercials 
um, because you know how much I love the commercials. Sure. And, and I, yeah. I feel like I feel like they give you such a glimpse of the zeitgeist of that time. And when you're listening to these Roma wine commercials, and and you're talking about nineteen late nineteen forties, um, you know, it, and it's like, and you're sitting there in your chair, and the wife is in the kitchen straightening up, you know, and that kind of that kind of um, you know gender role that was so ingrained in our society at that time, and um, you know, it just I, little little things like that always interest me. You know about how things have changed, and I almost wonder—I don't know how much of a, a feminist Louis Fletcher may have, may or may not have been, but but I, I almost wonder if you know she would have a thought about that kind of a commercial, you know, in, in uh, at that time, and, and it's it's uh, you know impress your friends with the wine, and you know, and gain popularity and things like that. I, I just find those kinds of things uh, in a mass market commercial, you know, interesting and. and you know, from the time that it was in. Yeah. And I think for the time, this one was pretty subtle in the sense that it wasn't too, uh, okay, little lady, what are you going to do when this happens? It's more like, you know, you're both, point. You, you, the, the couple is at home and what happens? Those bad neighbors who didn't call first, come yeah. on over and just, you have to pull yeah. out the Roma wine sherry. Yeah. Right. It yeah. was auto light. That's what it was. Um, oh, yeah, light. With that great yes. tone of the auto light. And then they had the little, like, you know, couple of tones after they called that. That was always kind of creepy. Yeah, and they had these two guys, Hap and Harlow, and Harlow Wilcox was uh, was the a famous in, uh, announcer for a lot of these radio dramas, and the two of them would talk about stuff. Is like, oh, did you did you replace your spark plug? Well, you got to go to Autolite to get the best spark right. plugs, and, <laughs> yep. and it went on. And they used them for a long time. Autolite even had its own. Uh, I think it had its own its own uh, uh, suspense TV. That they, they, when they used suspense TV, Autolite was there for for it as well too. So. They they went along for a long time, so yeah, very cool. Yep. Thank you for indulging my quick look. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it was driving me crazy. I think we should. We've said this before. I think we should do an entire show on the commercials. I'll just oh, oh, do great, a too. do yeah. a super cut of a bunch of of these commercials and put oh, them together, and we can yeah. talk about well, it. There, there's a ton of them just as commercials on the Internet Archive too. If you do a search for yes, old radio commercials, you can get a whole lot. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. They just put them together. But there's just there, yep. you know, they're so great. And we've talked about so many, like the ones on Space Patrol and, and you know, Sherlock Holmes and, and uh, yep. you know, Mr. Martell. Pat, Pat, Patry, Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's it just stuff. great, great stuff. But it's just, uh, it's so rich. The whole thing is so rich. I mean. Absolutely. Um, the whole old time radio thing for everything is just, there's so much there. Um, so, and I'm so glad that they're available so readily on the internet, as many as there are. And mm-hmm. I know there's a ton of them that have been lost, unfortunately, yeah. or recorded over or just lost or whatever the heck they did with them. But but it's so nice of the Internet Archive and other places that you can just go and listen and, and uh, just experience. Because uh, I always try to think about what it would have felt like, you know, sitting around the big wooden radio. You know, with your family and just listening to Shadow or or whatever, which I now you know. have. You know, do you have one? It yes, the radio. my sister. Yeah, didn't I send you the picture? I have this like four oh, foot high right. furniture that's radio right. piece 
that my you sister did. got for me because somebody got rid of it. And she said, how would you like an early birthday present for those knowing my birthday's in February? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, I did so, see it. Yes. That, oh. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually hooking it up. I went and got a Bluetooth uh, connection to connect to the speaker. And so I'm going to run Sonic Echo through our radio. So when people oh, listen. Nice. <laughs> And I'm mutual so audio jealous. network. You can come and listen to it from my from the the love the sound of my radio in my living room. It's great. Oh, that's great. <laughs> can we make pork chops and rum, have Roma wine and Absolutely. sit around it at night? And I'm going so yeah. far that I'm actually even. I'm going to refurnish. Uh, like uh, go go and uh, you know fix fix the uh, the the you know just just work just work on the wood and stuff like that and and shellac it or something. And I'm I'm actually gone and. I'm I'm ordering an old fashioned style sort of sign label thing called Mutual Audio Network that I'm going to put below oh. the buttons and oh, just nice. put it on there. That's so nice. it'll be a lovely little piece that we'll be able to utilize. That's I'm cool. such a nerd. <laughs> As are we all. As are we yeah, all. You better believe it. <laughs> Proudly nerdish. Amen. No question. No so, question. So next month, uh, we might have some guests. We're still working some things out, but it's the summer months yep. and we might have some guests for our Sonic Parlor. Is there anything, sure. uh, yes. uh, uh, anything else you guys want to say before we sign off? I know that after we're done Sonic uh, Parlor, I'm, I've got a show that I'd love us to do, which is The Life of Riley. A oh, that'd fun, be awesome. Fun comedy show. That's a show. good one. And uh, I, it was one of the ones I sort of refound and quite enjoy. So uh, I'll, I'll bring that to the, to the fore in the future. Great. Yeah, that sounds great. And, and uh, no, I just want to say thanks, Lothar, for uh, bringing this to us because I never listened to it and I loved it. So now I'm going to go back and listen again and look some more suspense uh, shows because yeah. there's 900 of them, like you said. That yeah, still you'll just around. turn it out in and, a weekend. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. 900 shows. And, but there's there's a lot of stuff that I'm thinking of and, and playing around with so i'll i'll make some decisions and then uh, once sonic parlor's done we'll uh, get back to it here and look at some old time radio right sounds on. good all right amigos thank you very much and thank you to everybody out there uh it's been a while since our last episode but this one has been hopefully worth the wait anyway have, <laughs> have a great time guys and have a Thanks great rest again, of your weekend lothar what a great uh, yeah. show thank you excellent all right good night Bye, guys. Good night, jack good night lothar good night guys This has been an Electric Vicuna production. And now here is our star, Vincent Price. Ladies and gentlemen, in a prejudice-filled America, no one would be secure in his job, his business, his church, or his home. Yet racial and religious antagonisms are exploited daily by quacks and adventurers whose followers make up the irresponsible lunatic fringe of American life refuse to listen to or spread rumors against any race or religion, help to stamp out prejudice in our country. 
Let's judge our neighbors by the character of their lives alone and not on the basis of their religion or origin. The traffic! The boss! The baby! The baboon! That does it! A.D., take me away! Lose your cares in the luxury of a warm audio drama. A.D. softens the calluses on your soul, leaving you feeling silky smooth as it lifts your spirits. The soft, luxurious, and fragrantly sonic world of audio drama. It's like no other aural experience. Audio drama. I love it. Pamper your soul with an audio drama. Nurture yourself in narrative. A.D. Now with dynamic panning crystals. Available on the Mutual Audio Network or wherever oral narratives are sold. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.